0: don't go get insurance because the bank says you have to have it. I always joke, you know, you don't go into a Walmart and just push an empty shopping cart to, to one of the workers there and say, look, I need some things. Just fill that up. You wouldn't do that. That's laughable. That's stupid. You wouldn't do it. Well, people buy insurance that way.
1: Welcome to the defense never rests with Morgan and Akins, your monthly dose of uncommon sense about all things legal and some that are not. Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Defense Never Rest. I am your host, Megan Henry. And today I'm joined by Porter Nelms, who is a VP of Claims at Premier Group Insurance. Um, and, you know, I asked Porter to come on because he actually reached out to me because uh, he'd been tuning into the podcast. And, um, and, you know, I just love hearing from, you know, fans and people who tune in. And I got him on the phone. And I said, hey, why don't you come on? So I'm so happy he decided to join us. And with that said, I'm going to bring him in. Good afternoon, Porter. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Defense Never Rest. Um, For our listeners, you've been a a devoted fan for a while now, so I'm so excited to have you on.
0: Well, I appreciate you having me. Yes, I enjoy listening to them. I love seeing the the postings on LinkedIn that the the new podcasts are up. So, yes, I really enjoyed uh, listening and laughing along.
1: Well, I, I appreciate it. And, you know, you and I had talked uh, a few weeks ago um, and just, you know, went back and forth on some some of the recent podcasts and some of the things we had discussed. And we had such a great conversation that I thought you'd be an awesome guest to come on. And so then you can, you know, in a few weeks, listen to your self-talk. So what's better than that? That's
0: great. That'd be great.
1: <laughs> I love listening to myself talk <laughs> <laughs> But before we get into, um, I have, I have, as I told you earlier, I have some thought-provoking questions I, I want to field with you. But let's get into your, your background. Um, you know, you are the VP of Claims at Premier Insurance Group, but you are also a lawyer by trade or you went to law school. So right. tell, tell me a little bit about your, your journey. Um, I know you had said that your, your dad was a lawyer. So was there an expectation in your family that you would go to law school or did you choose to do it because that's just you, the home life that you saw?
0: It was an unspoken thing. I, I chose to go. Uh, I know that that excited him a lot. Uh, I, w- I was able to work some in his office during my years in school, and, and it didn't take me too terribly long to realize I'd rather have him be my dad than my boss. Uh, some people can make it work, but in a very small law practice, it just wasn't going to be, you know, what are we going to talk about at Thanksgiving? You know, it's it's we're kind of... Uh, together every day. So I, I wasn't going to quit going to school. I wasn't going to stop going. So I went ahead and graduated and, and, you know, had had the the talk with him and just sort of mutually agreed that that's probably the best thing. Cause you know, it, it, it it's sort of like athletics. If you play, that's one thing, but one of the hardest things to do is watch your child play because yeah. uh, you're helpless. And I think that's part of the situation he was in is, is he wanted me to succeed and do things while yet he was still uh, in, in his practice as well. So I think that it worked out well. And I'll say this, having a law degree is a great resume line item. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the time you're looking for jobs and things and, and, and you plop that JD down on a, uh, uh, it gets you in the door because people want to ask you about it. Back in the old, you know, the mid-90s, the paper resumes before the cell phones and the computers were as, as popular. Uh, and I got into, uh, the insurance claims world, uh, had some friends that did it and it interests me and I'm a sucker for a company car. So, uh, it was a great, uh, it was a great time. I started out as a property adjuster, uh, had a ball with, uh, handling property claims, uh, meeting people, going out, climbing on roofs, going through houses, you know, just, it was a great experience. It was a great uh, learning curve, switched a couple of different companies, and then now wound up, you know, at Premier Group Insurance. I've been here a little over 20 years, and I sort of fell into the workers' comp niche. Uh, I worked at some companies where everybody got every claim, just you were next in line, and then some companies where everyone, they wanted you to specialize you're better at auto claims. So you do those, you're better at work comp claims. And as it turned out, it evolved that I fell into the work comp category and I've been there for 22 or three years, probably.
1: So what is it for you about comp that, you know, holds your attention or interests you more than say like, you know, general liability or, you know, products liability or something like that?
0: Well, the comp world fascinates me because it, 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 provide, it it. it's funny, the, the, the opportunity to, to, to help people when they're hurt, that sounds kind of corny, but there, there's, there's a, there's something to that because chances are it's the worst thing that's ever happened to them physically, you know, they've broken a bone, they've, they've done this, they've done that, the word surgery pops up or, or even some of these fancier diagnostic tests crop up and, and being able to walk people through, uh, the process Explain to them that you know this is how it's going to work you're not going to have to pay the medical bills uh if you miss enough time from work i'm going to you know make sure your 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 indemnity benefits are paid and do those kinds of things and on the flip side uh, i still get a little bit of the uh the legal side particularly you know, not only with litigated files, but there are times where people tend to embellish their claim or or do some things that uh, I get to mix it up on that side a little bit and, and uh, uh, catch people in the act, so to speak. So yeah. the balance, it's it's different day to day. I guess that's probably the simplest way Is is no two people react the same way to the same injury. And it's just it's hard to get bored with it, it seems to me.
1: And that must be a really interesting thing to look at, though, is how different people react to an injury. Like you might have some that are like, I I don't need to file a worker's compliment. I'm going back to work. I don't care if I, you know, fractured my ankle. I'm (laughs) going to go back. And then there's others who have a totally different take on it. Like, well, I don't think I can ever go back. And that, I mean, it just must be fascinating. It's just never the same.
0: That's right. And one of the things that I say the most is that to folks is that you can't presuppose things. Yes. I. On the one side, you have, you have people who really get banged up, but they don't want to miss any work. Uh, and you explain to them, hey, it's OK if you do. Uh, there are benefits in place. That's why your employer pays insurance. There are benefits in place that allow that. Um, and then in some cases, you've got people with with no injuries, technically minor. I get it. But uh, on the relative scale, they're minor injuries. And you, well, I just don't think I could work. Well, again, it, you don't get to decide that. I mean, I know it's your body and your injury, but it's not up to you. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting every time the phone rings or an email pops up.
1: And do you, do you work with a lot of the same uh, clients, like the same companies over and over? So you've developed like a real strong relationship with the people there. That's right. And
0: if, if, if I can need to call the employer, somebody at the employer and, and just say, Hey, this one is, is, I'm getting this vibe. what can you tell me about her or about him what's the because I think background is important i think uh, you know a lot of our insureds are not in the biggest er- don't come from the biggest areas. We do this in ten different states, and some of these are are uh, not in the most thriving areas necessarily population wise so word gets out you know if 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 somebody was a Cheerleader in high school, and now at age 22, has a knee problem. Well, that's that gives me something I need to know. If if somebody's been a great employee for 10 years and never caused an ounce of problem, then that's important. I mean, you hate to be that way, but that's important to know too. Sure. But then, uh, they're going to be fighting on the other end. They're going to want to get back sooner than maybe the doctor thinks they should.
1: Uh, yeah, and you don't want that either because you don't want a re-injury.
0: That's right. And they don't want, I don't want that person to get hurt again. I don't want them to injure someone else, create some other risk that uh, will cause problems, but most importantly, it will cause a staffing problem. Mm-hmm. If you've got somebody that you think is working a full shift, but technically is only operating at 50, 60%, then that creates, you know, a staffing problem. You've got other employees that are picking up the slack. You know, it sort of snowballs to uh Other issues that just aren't good.
1: And I think that it goes so well with partnering with your insureds, like and having those long-term relationships that you understand how their business works and how their business model works. And, you know, so you're not just like handling this one comp claim. You know how this claim impacts their, you know, could impact their whole production line and their bottom line. And the fact that you have that business relationship, I think it makes it like the partnership stronger and you know helps oil the machine so to speak
0: absolutely the the relationship building and 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 i hear you use that phrase a lot with with your other uh you know podcasts and things but it, it almost that's a universal term that applies in so many ways and i think in the insurance company insured realm it certainly applies it doesn't hurt to strike up a uh a relationship, if you're in the area and can visit some of them, you know, go have lunch, go do those kinds of things just because when I'm going to, when I call somebody, I'm not always delivering good news. And so I need to be able to say, I don't need to be sort of Oz behind the curtain. Somebody that, you know, this Porter guy that they've never seen or heard of or, or whatever. I'm just you know, I'm going to come visit. It doesn't mean you got to clean the windows and water the plants or any of that. We're just going to talk. But it's easier to talk about Jane Doe later when we've had these these conversations and gotten to know one another. And 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 if I do have to deliver bad news about something, then it's okay. We can both. And you may call me with. They may call me with bad news, and we sure. to work through it.
1: Um, and I mean, and that, that's part of the, being in the relationship, you know, knowing that like, I, yeah, you can't always tell them what they want to hear. <laughs> you know, you're know, you going to have to give bad news some, sometimes, but when you have the established relationship, you know, you know how to deliver it. It's not, and you're not delivering it to a stranger.
0: That's um, right. I joke with them that if they ever come visit me in my office, they're not going to trip over any fruit baskets or anything <laughs> around. It's just not, not the nature of the business, but it, sometimes it does help to have some history and some, uh, uh, you don't want history with multiple claims, but inevitably, if you're both there long enough, that's going to happen and you can refer back to uh, remember what we did here or remember with this person where we had to uh, accommodate this or, you know, you could you could what if it to death, but it, it does make it better.
1: Um, so, you know, you, you've been, you've been at uh, Premier for 20 years. So you've, I mean, you've seen this industry evolve. Um you know, in your eyes, like has that sort of the personal relationship part of it, has that kind of stayed consistent during your time or has it evolved in, in some way?
0: The personal relationship part has remained it, and it is a, a vital part. Uh, the methods of the relationships have changed, obviously. Uh, I was thinking back, before I started here, but at other companies and we're getting into closer to the late 90s and that's before cell phones and things. I remember, you know, having to get a prepaid calling card and, <laughs> and, and as I traveled around, I'd have to pull off and get, find a pay phone to call back to the claims office. Hey, did I get any new claims today? And if so, jot all the information down because then I had to call these people to schedule an appointment to go meet with them to see about their loss. So, uh you know, back then we relied on, on, uh, you know, the the insurance agents, they were a big deal. They were the intermediary. Now everything is evolved into so much electronic that with email and in certain cases, text messaging, uh, you know, you've maintained the relationships, but frankly, you're never, you're never unavailable unless you just completely turn it off. You're, you can answer a a a text or an email on the weekend or at night and uh, hopefully calm something down.
1: Yeah. I mean, and, and sometimes I, I, we've talked about this a lot too. It's hard when you're, can be always available, but sometimes there are things that do need, you know, maybe some immediate attention. um, And it's just a matter of gauging, like what, what, what's the, emergency level on this email? Is it something I need to respond to this client now? It'll it'll make them feel better. It'll resolve it easily. Or is this something that can wait till Monday or Tuesday?
0: And I think the relationships help if you don't reply. I don't think that sets off alarms somewhere. I think if you've got enough of a relationship, I think that helps give them the opportunity to say, well, if he didn't think it was that big a deal, then then Monday morning will be okay. You know, in my world, the the comp world, reality gets ahead of the paperwork often. People get hurt. They immediately go out for medical care. Well, the claim hasn't been turned in. I don't have a claim number to relate to someone, to a hospital or provider. So sometimes things get a little... seem a little weird at that point, but it's merely a matter of the paperwork hasn't called up, but I need to be available if I get an email or something about, yes, I can approve this treatment or approve this prescription because I don't know that I need to wait and have someone to, or to tell someone, hey, wait till Monday, you'll be fine. That's not my place to do that. So there are instances where, yes, the relationship things can be, um, maybe a little too close for comfort that they feel comfortable to to call or text at night or email not call but email or text at night or on the weekend. But I know they wouldn't do it without a problem.
1: Right. Right. You know there's a reason they're not exactly they're not doing it out of no value for your time, but rather it's it's a, a client need and sometimes client needs need to be addressed at different times.
0: That's right. And they're eyeballing eyeballing the people and having to to talk to the people and maybe their family, if they've come to get them to take them to the doctor and I'm sitting around doing whatever. So I want to (laughs) make, I don't want to put them in in his, in an awkward spot. Uh, I don't want to be the reason that that treatment was delayed.
1: Sure. Of course. Yeah. And you also recognize that again, like you said, there's someone on the other side there that is in a situation that their time really matters at that, that point, like they might be, you know, sitting at the hospital or, or waiting for something that, you know, their, their need is different than, than yours. So you might need to step in just to address it for that moment. Well,
0: and additionally, the more we do this with the employers, the more comfortable they are approving something, doing something on a very limited basis that just is, is we've done it a hundred times in a row. I know what he's going to say when I call him. Yes. Uh You know, let's let's get the treatment started. Yeah. So I, I, I do think again, relationships are, are key to everything.
1: I agree. So speaking with relationships, you know, your relationships with counsel, um, once, oh, my <laughs> I mean, throughout your, your experience, there has to be things that you really appreciate, um, with your outside counsel, but there has to be other things that you equally do not appreciate or, or drive you bananas, so to say. Yes, (laughs) yes, yes.
0: And I'll start with, you know, my friends on the defense side. Um, I've been through some over the years, but I think that there are situations where I owe it to my insurance to fight a little bit. I, I, I'm all for a good settlement when the time's right, but I think there are situations and there are fact patterns that just require, uh, you know, making them making the other side and, and, and his or her attorney punch the time clock and work for it a little bit. Uh, because my insured then doesn't need 20 people lining up going, hey, I want my $4,500 settle or whatever the case may be. You know, they don't need that either. So I think there are principled times to do it, so I've been through some defense counsel uh, firms that that didn't always agree with that. Mm-hmm. And in the various states that we do this, I've got great ones. I I love them to death, and and they they know me, and I know them, and we can almost finish each other's sentences. And I think it's a good point. And I I go out of my way to make sure they get to know the insureds in their little in their area, so to speak, for the very same reason that that we. Uh, we go and, and, and defend these. And again, depending on the states where you have uh, either mandatory mediations in certain instances or, or you, parties can agree to one or whatever the case may be. Uh, you know, I, as weird as it's going to sound, mediations are probably the funnest part of my job
1: mm-hmm.
0: because I'm a people watcher and I enjoy, I enjoy what we do. But I enjoy watching the other side too. I'm not going to lie. I enjoy, uh, I've been to mediations where it's the first time the attorney's met his client, which just means someone else in his office has been handling all the, the details. Uh, I've seen some where, um, you know, there's always a lot of showboating and grandstanding that you have to get through. And in, in some of your previous podcasts, you know, the the We the People meeting at the beginning, uh, where you, you sit around in one room before you break off. These are the live ones. You know, you sit around in a room and break off. Those are those are tough. I've been kicked under the table a time or two so <laughs> not to say anything. Uh, uh, but you know, in those situations, that's when I think people. People prove their, their colors in those, in those settings. You know, things don't go to trial per se or go to hearings very often. So mediations are going to be the opportunity to see. Uh, and again, part of my job, I think, is I want that plaintiff attorney to think twice before he or she accepts another case. You know, I use their TV commercials against them. <laughs> These TV commercials where they say, oh, so and sos on this file, we better settle. Well, I like, I like to happen to them. I like to flip that around and say, oh boy, I got to deal with this Porter guy again. Uh, you know, I think I've told you once before, I tried to work into one of our mediations as part of the settlement agreement that I get to be in one of the next the plaintiff attorney's next <laughs> TV commercials. Uh, How'd that work? Deal breaker, but I just couldn't <laughs> put it up. So that, yes, there are times uh, uh, and I come up with little sayings for things and, and, and you know, they, uh, this is getting off your point just a little, but the, the mediations, again, I, I as you can tell, I feel so strongly about them that, um, you uh, know, you get somebody in there, uh, a claimant in there that has a, a shoulder problem, let's say, and the doctor did not treat that sh- shoulder, did not, uh, treated the shoulder, but did not give the the proper impairment rating or those things. So now all of a sudden it's gone from the shoulder to the neck or from the shoulder to the elbow. And they just keep complaining because they we didn't get a good enough rating the first time. So let's go back. And I sort of call that a nesting doll offent- uh, uh, offensive because they're just sort of stacking one inside the other. And eventually something's going to, you know, some doctor somewhere, you know, the old thread, well, if we don't settle today, we're going to go back and we're going to get this treated and that treated. And Okay. Knock yourself out. I mean, I just, I enjoy the process. I enjoy the, 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 uh, the opportunity. Obviously the great stories would be way too personal as far as naming names and, and, uh, and specific claims, but, uh, I highly recommend people mediate. One rule is never settle a mediation before lunch. Always wait till the lunch menus come out just you know depending on where you are you may get to try a place you would never go otherwise the mediator usually likes to treat and show off some local uh deli or some local restaurant so first mediation rule for any new adjuster don't settle before lunch
1: although that's changed now um since we're doing so many online mediations i and i, I think i joked with a, a on a recent podcast the mediator I'm like maybe you, you just need to send baskets to everyone's house yeah i did
0: here <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> the welcome wagons you know, missed you while you you know sorry you couldn't make it but here's a local flavor of you know sort of like jelly of the month or something <laughs> yeah
1: so that might throw out your lunch your lunch thing because it's like well maybe the baskets can't arrive until lunchtime they have to like <laughs> schedule a door dash or something
0: <laughs> exactly time it up just right where we get a flavor of uh of the local flair. And, and again, I may be different because I travel to do some of these mediations. I may go to Missouri or to South Carolina or all parts of Tennessee. So I get variety with the uh some of the, some of the different uh locations and 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 different mediators. So my, my situation may be a little different, but I do enjoy the the different atmospheres.
1: Well you have to acknowledge that is a perk of your job. I mean to you know the fact that you do get to travel and see all different parts of the country and, and try the the local flavors. I mean, it's a perk. It's a great perk, you know, oh, it
0: is. <laughs> I, I, I thoroughly enjoy it. And, and you know, sporting events and, and golf courses are my two biggest vices and they're all over the place. Uh, uh, I can't always schedule a mediation around a Braves game, but if I need to get uh, a travel day to and from, you never know something <laughs> sometimes you get lucky.
1: Um, and since we're on the travel topic, do you have any, any area that you really love to travel to?
0: I, I'm in Tennessee and and I enjoy, you know, the volunteer state's a great place. I love going to South Carolina. I love going to, um, the different places, the smaller towns with, and again, I joke about don't settle before lunch, but there are some great little restaurants. There are some great places that Um, you know, if you're willing to try them, you pull over and try. The internet's a great thing. You can research the, uh, the area you're headed to and, and, and and try to do it. But just everything about the, the laid back nature, I mean, sure there's coastline there and that's fine. Charleston's a nice place and some of the other places, Hilton Head's great. I mean, there's plenty of great places. Don't get me wrong, but even in the, the center part of the state, um, I enjoy that probably as much as anything. I'm I'm, I'm never going to, I'm trying to talk people out of doing Zoom. Uh, if I could, I would. Uh, yeah.
1: I mean, I will I will say, I, while I appreciate the convenience of Zoom mediations, and I appreciate it for my clients too, that it, it makes it easier on them to travel. Um, I do think there is something to be said about the in-person, in-the-room mediation that kind of puts the more pressure on. You know that people are there you've, you've flown there or driven there or, and you're all in you know one spot i think it, there, there's just a little bit larger of a pressure point on that room than there is on zoom
0: that's right and i think it proves that you know it's not that you don't care if you do them by zoom because i do those too but i think it shows an interest in this case and i try to have somebody from the employer there uh you know not that we're going to fill a room and and and, and, and that kind of stuff but I think it shows an interest at least to the mediator you know I have no idea what the mediator's being told in the other room uh but if, if anytime you can do something without having to say hang on let me run out and make a phone call now the person's sitting right here let's ask were you working her beyond her restrictions no here are the tasks she did oh okay boom I mean you've got some some instant feedback the adjusters there you know if I'm there with the defense attorney, we've got all the bases covered in terms of uh, what might be, be being said in the other room or might being alleged uh, in the other room. Because uh, again, I, what's the old saying? If the facts are against you, argue the law. If the law is against you, argue the facts. And if they're both against you, then just argue. <laughs> that's how these things go. Uh, Well, you know, she's just mad about, well, I I can't help that. You know, she's mad about this. She's uh, this, that. I mean, I love the mediator role and the ones you've had on there. It's been great to hear their perspective because nobody gets fed more bull than a mediator. (laughs) Uh, There's no way. And and how they can separate it out and, and, and comfortably tell one side or the other, I think you're off base here. And here's why. And if we're going to settle today, we need to get this point across. And I think they go to the other room and sometimes they have to do a little bit of massaging in both rooms because people can tend to be too far apart. And I think the job of a mediator is, is fascinating to me.
1: Yeah. And I will say, I think the really good mediators do a great job at doing the massaging and always making you feel like they are on your side when they're in your room. That's right, that's right. Um, And you know, like, and it makes you think, oh yeah, they are definitely hammering down on the other side. But I think the true talents are the ones who like, ever they they get the, they move things along by getting you to trust them and be like, I get it, I get it. This is just, but this is what you need to do. And it works.
0: That's right. I think the the best part of a mediator is being a good listener, at least in the first exchange of ideas. You know, I think they need to hear both sides, let, you know, sort of let them get the passion out of the way and, and you know, because I get I get upset about things that happen in claims and I sometimes need to vent. I know that the claimant sometimes is upset about various things and some things aren't relevant to the claim, but they just need to vent and get it out of their system anyway. Then we can calm down and the mediator can be a great listener and can understand and say, okay, I hear you. But I think we need to focus here because in those I make fun of those we the people meetings, but I understand the importance of it because the claimant very likely has never been through one. Everyone else has. And I love the things that they're told. In those we the people meetings of, hey, look, we you're in control today. If you settle today, you have most all the say so in it. If it goes to a hearing or a trial, you lose that. And I think some of those things, there's no way to mishear that. And if a claimant or if the claimant brings his or her spouse or somebody else is there to go, gee whiz, mm-hmm. this isn't as much money as we thought. But did you hear what that mediator said about, you know, if we can't prove this, then we're going to get far. Yeah, I mean, I, I just can envision some of the, obviously they don't let me in, but I can envision <laughs> some of the conversations going on uh, that that I think good mediators draw that out, maybe without even meaning to, by listening, by letting people vent, then everybody's blood pressure goes down. And we can decide, here's what our doctor says, here's what their doctor says. Uh, It is funny in some of these jurisdictions, sometimes we know who the hearing judge is going to be, and sometimes we don't. So the the states that have a commission system where the the, the, judge, the commissioners rotate, you don't know who you've drawn yet. You know, it's sort of like a, a athletic coach gauging a game plan based on who the officials are going to be because they scout the officials just like they scout the other team. Well, if we don't know which judge we have yet, then we're not sure you know, uh, the mediators as well. If Commissioner A gets this, you know, it may hear you may get asked this question, but if Commissioner B gets it, they may look more favorably to the employer saying that, you know, it's, I just, I love, again, no two days are alike. I love yeah. it.
1: Well, if you could, looking back on your career now, if there was something you could have focused more on earlier in your career, what would it be? Wow. I told you we're going to get thought provoked. That's right. Well,
0: <laughs> my salvation here in the work comp world is that in the various states every so often the legislature will change the laws. So about the time you get comfortable
1: mm-hmm.
0: you've got to adjust to some new, uh, new twist to the algebra equation that goes into you know set, uh, settlement values or they'll go into uh, the state will come up with new forms. So you know, not getting complacent would be one thing. Getting not getting too comfortable. Don't be afraid to learn. Don't be afraid to change because they're going to make you. Yeah. Uh, when I when I was doing property claims as an example, those policies rarely ever change, and, and you could kind of get yourself in a rut of. This is going to make you sound like a real winner, but you almost memorize the policy. You can almost go right to the section that explains. We'll pay to get the tree off your roof, but we don't pay to get the tree out of your yard. You can kind of go to those things that people won't quite understand at, at that moment, but you can at least comfortably say because if they ask you, you can flip right to it. Well, in comp, you got to be careful because it's it's there's going to be some nuanced changes. Certainly, if if you know a different political party takes over a state house or a new governor, I mean they're, they're going to be some legislative tweaks. So I would say don't get complacent would be my uh, single biggest thing in the comp world.
1: Yeah, and I think that's true like across the board too. I mean, it, it, it's similar for GL. You can't just, you know, uh, believe that you know everything because you've done it before. Um, and I, I mean, I talk about this a lot and I think I talked about it at the podcast the other week with Ted is that as lawyers, you just don't assume that you know the law. You still have to read it. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> they, you look can't commit things, everything.
0: <laughs> look up the things that you think you already know. Yeah, just double check the rules. They're they're put out for you. They're they're easy to do. Uh, you doubt it's changed, but you don't want to be <laughs> All right you know, making a grave error with something relatively procedurally simple.
1: Yeah, and I mean, and it's and it, I also feel as though a lot of times you can look at something one way at one point in your career and evaluate it one way. let say even a case, and then look sure. at it few years later and be like, wait a minute. Or, or and think maybe it's a, a process of being more experienced and seeing more and, you know, figuring out how to pick apart things a little more closely than looking at the grand picture. But I, I just feel like always giving things a second look, you can, um, you know, tease more out of it. That's right. And, and it's funny as
0: I get older, uh, you know, i occasionally have a, uh, Back issues or, or whatever have had a couple of surgeries over the years. Different things that 20 years ago, when I hadn't had my perception of people that went through it is different now that I've been through. One of the defense attorneys I use has had both knees replaced in the last few years. Well, seeing that pain and discomfort and rehab and and all that gives does evolve my perceptions a little bit you know, just when people call and say, look, this medicine's not working, or the doctor released me back to work, and man, I just can't do it yet. That, My patience has changed, I guess is a great way to say it, because you do have have examples of other examples of things where, you know, this could be a situation where maybe the doctor did uh, ease it a little bit, or maybe they're trying to be soft on the, the pain meds. Is there something else we can do? Uh It's, just getting older if that's a nice <laughs> saying you know, I'm
1: different now that I'm older well I, I totally agree that because I I've had this like shoulder issue and I like when I do certain things it like hurts and like never before I had I had a shoulder issue and now I'm like oh I get it like it's really annoying when like every time I you know my kid jumps on my back I'm like oh no but watch my shoulder yeah. you know <laughs>
0: Well, and, and, and those phone calls, I do understand now the 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 frustration of you know I used to be able to do this or that, and now I can't. And and I know well that's a lot of it's injury related, but some of it is, and, and I have to bite my tongue and say, you know what, me either. <laughs> I can't do it, you know. Um, but it's it's you know as we get older, I, I, you would think you get better at it, and I think that's a, that's an important part of 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 uh, understanding maybe what the other person's going through a little bit.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, coming in, like, I just think when I reflect back on it, like my own career projection, you know, coming in very green and going to, you know, a deposition that you have like this very detailed outline and you, you ask every, every single question as you go. And now, you know, I, I go into a deposition, I have like a, An idea outline, but you really go in and listen. That's right. And what you you know, and you ask questions based on what you hear. (laughs) And I have my outline, so I don't forget to go back to something because that can happen too. Um, But it's not like a check, like, okay, I had to ask his address. Okay, I got his address. (laughs) But you learn as you go.
0: You (laughs) want to ask questions. You want to listen, not for the purpose of your next question, but listen maybe in hopes of coming up with your next question. You know, some of those things I do that talking to claimants, you know, if we do recorded statements or do uh, witness interviews or those kinds of things, you know, being a good listener. um, You know, we all could be better. There's, uh, there's no question about that, but I think it's important to, you know, listen with a
1: purpose. Yes, I agree. And it's, it's also, I think a hard skill to, to, master, especially I think as attorneys, because like you always think your purpose is a little bit more, <laughs> like you exactly. got more of a purpose than the other person. Talking. And 1B, yeah. <laughs> so talking about like learning as, as your career, like as your career progresses, you know, what life or career lesson did you learn the hard way?
0: Well, it's, it's been interesting. I've I've not had a a work comp claim, knock on wood, since I've been doing work comp claims, but I have had property claims and auto claims. And I'm sort of convinced that an insurance company having an adjuster for a claimant is probably one of their least favorite things to do. Um, so, you know, it, it, it may be a, a doctor that has to be a patient or a, a something like that where the roles are reversed. You know, thinking back, that's, that's been something over the years that I've had to sort of tone it down. Let this person do his or her job. They, you know, I'm one of a few appointments that day. They don't need me butting in, you know, as the chest beating former property adjuster. You know, we're not pals, we're not, we're not colleagues. They're, he or she's there to do a job. Some of that's been good. I also think being a better consumer. In fact, I may change my answer to that, because when you're in the insurance world. um, Learning, you know, don't go get insurance because the bank says you have to have it. Right. Learn about it, read it, understand. um, What it is, and I think that's probably the the lesson as I've aged and, and gotten further into this, you know, I always joke, you know, you don't go into to a Walmart and just push an empty shopping cart to, to one of the workers there and say, look, I need some things. Just fill that up. You wouldn't right. do that. That's laughable. That's stupid. You wouldn't do it. Well, people buy insurance that way. They go, I want to buy this car. The bank says I have to have insurance. So hook me up. And you have no idea what's covered and not covered. You have no idea what's you know, same thing with a house, with a homeowner's type policy. You know, I may have a baseball card collection that I don't have enough coverage for, but if I don't read it, then I'm going to lose out if there's a, a major loss or if I've got jewelry or I think just if if, if, if if I could have been a better consumer over the years in my insurance purchases, I would have been better, No. You know, uh, Better off. I would recommend that. With uh, I did, I've done a little bit of adjunct uh, teaching, and, and that's one of the things that that I, uh, I used to tell my students. I said, you know, you know, we've all got that uncle that likes to win Thanksgiving. So if you can go in and explain what are you learning in school, and you learn about, you know, don't just look at that that piece of paper in your. Car's glove box, you know, pull it out and be able to explain to them what that deck page means and what these numbers mean. I said, show off what you're learning. Uh, but the bottom line be, be better consumers. Don't buy it, but so buy it because it's what you want. It's the policy that fits your needs.
1: That's really good advice. Um, it's probably something I didn't, you know, I, I think back to like when, you know, buying our house, you know, figuring out what insurance to choose. I just chose it. <laughs> no, that's exactly.
0: Mike says I have to have it. Hook me up.
1: And you know, and it's funny. You brought up you know being a, a claimant. I recently had like water damage in my basement, so I had to make an insurance claim. And it was the first time I've ever made an insurance claim. And I like to think that I was a good claimant. <laughs> like I made sure I was like, look, I I'm I work in the industry. I get it. But then, but then meanwhile when I wasn't hearing back from my adjuster, I would harass her. Yes. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm really not that good.
0: <laughs> Don't you have 24 hour callback messages and that your, 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 one of your company policies Yeah, you want to be able to interject your own. Uh,
1: and real- I very well know that that adjuster probably has like a bazillion claims. And I think my, you know, water damage <laughs> claims should yes. be at the top of her list. Yes. <laughs> but. But I mean, I don't think I'm totally alone. I think anyone who makes a claim, you know, a, a property claim or whatever, whatever kind of thing, you think that yours is most important because it is the most important to you. So, That's right. you know, yeah. and so I give it out to, you know, all adjusters out there who can make that claimant feel like, yes, your claim is very important, you know, and I I, I, I understand it's important and I'm going to try to help, you know, I'm helping you with it. Um, I just, you know, you might have a few other ones too. <laughs> That's
0: right. And, and then- Looking back, it was always funny to me. When I first started, we'd have these claims offices where all the adjusters would be in one big room and they'd have the property people on one side and the auto people in the middle. And, and you know, when somebody would get a live one on the phone, we'd all gather around and listen. It's funny. People can have horrific losses, tornadoes, fires, those kinds of things to their homes and they're, they're terrible. But boy, people don't want to be without their car for the weekend. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, and and what do you mean it's not going to be ready? You know, those kinds of things. So I think it is important to try to to from the adjusting size, make your claimant feel because again, they're they've gone through regardless of the claim, they've gone through something terrible. They chances are they've never done it before. And and I love the idea. Well, I've always heard. You know, that's, those are never favorable. Uh, I've heard this claim situation's great. You don't really hear that. So you always hear sort of, I've always heard that there's always a headache with this or trouble with that. No, no, let's talk about that a minute. Let's, let's walk through that. And here's how it works. And here's what I'm going to do. And if you get something in the mail, don't fret about it. Just get it to me. I'll take care of it. In my world, as they're healing physically, I'm trying to relieve some of the mental mm-hmm. anguish And certainly pre-COVID, you know, I would go stir crazy if I was stuck at home for a month or two, just because, especially if you're injured and can't do anything, I I can't imagine that. So people have time to think, they have time to Google search, they have time to talk to people, they have time to watch TV and and see the TV commercials and all the other things. I think anything I can do to help make that just a little softer for them and say, we've talked about that. He said not to worry about it. So I'm not. Yeah. And hope it works.
1: <laughs> and, you know, it's funny. I like that you mentioned COVID because I do think, you know, us all being forced to stay home, you know, kind of, especially for like someone, someone like you or I who are used to, you know, having cases of people with injuries who have been, you know, p- stuck in their home, it kind of makes you Sympathize with, with their exactly. situation a little bit more, and and you know, be a little bit more understanding because we were all there, you know, sure. and yeah. <laughs> and experienced it. Um, so it just it just puts a lot of it in, into perspective. Like I remember, you know, sometimes thinking like, oh, what do they have to complain about? Like they, you know, they just have to sit in their you know, on their couch and watch TV all day, or they, they don't have, you know, they have no, they don't need it to go anywhere. And then, you know, That's not right. that long ago, we couldn't go anywhere and everyone was, you know, a little making, bit of that
0: went a long way, didn't
1: it? Yeah. Everyone's making sourdough starters and, you know, making <laughs> bread and <laughs> going crazy. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, taking advantage of all the, uh, the, the delivery places and the, uh, getting your groceries brought out to your car. I mean, yeah, all of the, the, the conveniences we may not have tried before so I yes I think it's important to to again it's like we talked about it just being able to somewhat understand you know I mentioned having some of the same health problems and now I have a better understanding but yes through the COVID thing it's been important to understand everybody's going stir crazy and then on top of that in my world we were doing virtual medical appointments yeah a lot of cases and and I've you know, I need people seen by a doctor. And if Zoom is the best way, then so be it. I don't know how you can get a great physical exam via Zoom. Yeah. I mean, they can see how high you can raise your, your arm or they can see whatever. But it, it was a game changer in so many ways. And even in the little corner of the work comp world, COVID has been a great, a great change.
1: Yeah, and so it's, I, I like that you mentioned the tel- telemedicine because that's come up during a, a few of, I've, I do this workers' comp series and the telemedicine issue for comp can go both ways. Like there's some, like, like having, you know, physical therapy appointments on, t- over telemedicine, that's a good thing. It is. But, but it doesn't also take away a face-to-face physical with a doctor to really see how, how you are healing and progressing in, in your, you know, physical recovery.
0: That's right. The only, the, uh, the most positive thing, I, feedback I ever received from the telehealth was some claimant said, you know, I did feel like I got more time with the doctor. Albeit on a screen talking like we're talking, it's better than seeing the doctor run in the room, check you out, run back out. So that's the one positive thing is they felt like they, they may not have heard what they wanted to hear, but they at least got a uh, an extra couple of minutes or some other uh, undistracted conversation, uh, but yeah, I think the physical therapy things are great because the therapist can see what you're doing or not doing or capable of doing, and can offer home exercises. And 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 let me try. Let me let me see you try this move or that move. It, the big thing was trying to get a doctor to release somebody that he or she can't
1: yeah.
0: readily examine. Um, <laughs> Telehealth is great to hear the complaints, but to see, uh, you know, you can't raise your arm, okay, why, or you can't bend your knee, let, let's take a look, am I hearing anything, do I feel anything, Do I? those were tough, but it's the best we had at the time.
1: Yeah, and I, I do think, it. it I, and I talk about this a lot, I mean, there's some positives of COVID that I think you know, are are really good. I mean, I I, I wouldn't want to see those in-person doctor visits go away, but you know, th- just like the physical therapy to have that one on one and and to feel that you you're a little more heard by your doctor, that's a, a definite positive. So I mean, I think we've all realized that there There are definite benefits that we we didn't realize we needed to embrace, and then some things that we direly miss and can't wait to have back.
0: Yeah, well, I I did one checkup last year telehealth, and the one positive I got from that is I could make up my own weight.
1: (laughs) Uh, Like, yeah, those all the the baked goods I made didn't do anything for me. Well, then
0: I just went to one recently, my six month, and he's like, boy, what happened? And I, you know, you can either say, okay, well, I wasn't necessarily, I was estimating back last December or, you know, I've been eating more. You're busted either way. But for a few months, the doctor feels like things are going, you're trending in the right direction.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> you know, seven or eight pounds. Well, I'm really working hard. Uh,
1: <laughs> Had all this time at home to exercise.
0: Oops. Yeah. <laughs>
1: well, that is, there's one, I, I see this joke all the time. It's like the people who say, oh, I just need... You know, I just need a, you know a few days off with nothing to do, and I'll get all these things done. And like they say, this in January 2020, and like April 2020. Nope, that wasn't the problem. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. yeah, well, it's, yeah. we'll I'll, I'll get to it later. Um, that's, the, that's the greatest, uh, the greatest line.
1: Um, so, you know, if you if you could give advice to you know someone in law school today, um, or even just graduating, like college, um, you know, what sort of advice would you give them as to like paving a career path for them or, or choosing the right step to take?
0: Well, I think, you know, speaking to the insurance claims world, I think it's something that I, I wish people would look, would look into more, you know, you look all over, LinkedIn and places, and they're just every company you see has, the, please click here to see where we're hiring. And I think it's, even though the job has evolved, you know, step back and think about it. We're always going to have to have insurance
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, until all the houses are paid for and all the vehicles are paid for and everybody's self-insuring the general liability and all those things. We're going to need insurance. So there's going to need people, need to be people that can work the claims and are knowledgeable. So there's going to be some career longevity there if you want them. Now, you know, the younger generations don't stay at jobs maybe as long as, as other generations do, and there's nothing wrong with that because you do need to find your right niche. I think there's a uh, being, being brave enough to leave one and try something else, I think is in a weird way admirable compared to people my age who, who didn't do that and sort of pigeonholed themselves. But I think finding something You know, yes, it's a career where you can help people, no question about it, because as I've said, regardless of they've either had a wreck, they've had a tornado or a fire or an injury. There's there's something bad that's happened to them so that you can come in, calm them down, calm their family down, answer their questions and literally try to help them. Um, I think you have the freedom. I think the claims world is becoming far less, you know, nine to five. Maybe there were claims offices in the past that did that. Uh, I know as a property adjuster, the, the people I were, you know, where I was headed to, to visit their loss, that's when they work. So I was scheduling appointments at 7 a.m. or 7 p.m. when they're home. And it frees up, you know, time during the day. And then you throw in that most of these insurance companies are working from home. I think it's a whole new twist on a literal career path with, you know no the, the things you would would have complained about before there's no commute
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, the rigid hours where you can't get anything else done or don't get a day off during the week or what i mean you can schedule your own appointments you can do some things to make it uh make it fit you don't have to miss a kid's uh yeah. play at school or you don't have to miss certain things so i think and then lastly i mentioned it before about being a better consumer you just learn a trade you learn an industry you learn what, what it means, what the insurance policies mean. You learn what it means to have covered losses and how to, to do some things. So I think anytime you learn something, uh, you know, you laughed about having the adjuster at your house. If I had a a plumber, let's say, come to my house, I'm fascinated by what they're doing. So I'm kind of following her. I don't know much about it, but I want to learn. I want to see how he fixes something that I thought was terrible. And I want to watch and see how that's done and and just marvel at, uh, you know, I barely have the cabinet doors open by now and you're through. I mean, it's amazing to me how these people can operate. So learning a trade and learning something that, again, they don't teach it in school. Like they, you know, there should be maybe college courses about it, but I think there should be about balancing a checkbook and doing some other things too. Uh, (laughs) But I think something that you're gonna to have to deal with personally, you just get a little better idea uh, if it's if it's your career and you you never forget it
1: yeah um, and I, I think that's such a good point because I remember um it just reminds me of last year when all the parents were freaking out about what are we gonna do with these kids at home and you know and I had suggested, and I got crickets, but I had suggested I was like, hey, we all have careers why don't we all split up and like pick an afternoon a week that you know, we hold a class about Ooh. our career. Like, you know, I, I can teach about legal stuff or insurance stuff. There's someone who's a doctor, there's someone, you know, Absolutely. and Owen, I thought this was an amazing idea. <laughs> it's like, what an education these kids are going to get. And I got crickets. I think everyone thought maybe I had drunk too much wine and I had just come up with some crazy idea. But to this day, I still think we should have done it because again, it's like learning different trades. Like someone's dad is an electrician. You know, my husband's a really good cook. You know, there's a lot of things that everyone could learn from all these different people that, you know, oh, absolutely. Very-
0: I, I think, yeah, anytime you can, you know, have them learn something that's a little different. Um, you know, I used to tell the students, I tell you, this is insurance. We're not going to make it fun per se, but knowledge can be fun. Mm -hmm. understanding it can be fun, understanding anything, again, electrician, plumbing, whatever the case, learning it and knowing it is just a a step up because all of a sudden your friends know you know it. And it's like, hey, do I need to file a claim here? What's going on here? Just like you get questions all the time with, you know, the free legal advice that people ask you for and doctors get it with medical advice and so on. It's, it's, uh, I, I just think it's, it's really cool to know something. It's yeah, really cool yeah. to have a, a good working grasp of an industry uh, no matter what it is. And as far as the, you mentioned asking about a law school student. Um, again, I don't think it's it's different now trying to get a job, but it's not, I mean, having the, the, the law degree is never going to hurt you if you decide not to practice or if you decide to try something else. Um, Again, it, it's quite uh, a door opener. People want to talk to you just to at least find out about it. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's 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 a great thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I I've talked about this before, but you know, I I didn't ever intended on going to law school. I thought I was going to go to medical school, and I I did a giant pivot um, after graduating college, and you know. And I went into law school not really having a full idea of what I wanted to do. There weren't any lawyers in my family. You know, it wasn't it wasn't something that like I didn't have a dad who that's what he did. I just was like, well, it seems like it would be a good base. Like, (laughs) and and it, it holds to be very true. However, when I went through law school, I also didn't intend to go in litigation. I thought I would go something more of like on the you know, patent type of route because I had that that background um, and I fell into litigation almost by accident because when I graduated law school, that was the only job to be had was in litigation yeah. because in bad economies, there's still litigation. Absolutely. Um, but looking back on it now, I could not imagine, you know, being a, you know, a working in con, just doing contracts or, you know, real estate deals or a, like I now realized, you know, it was a, you know, a, a curved path, but this was, you know, the right place for, for me to be. And it may have taken, you know, take me a while, and it was a little bit of a by accident. But, you know, things do happen for a reason. And if you get there and you realize it's wrong, you can always change.
0: And that's, Nothing's permanent. That's the beauty of it. And, and I, I can't imagine what being in, in, well, I can't imagine being a lawyer now with all the different uh, Zoom things and all the... Uh, you know even even the computerized, you know i'm I'm shepherdizing, I remember trying to shepherdize cases with law books, and that was you know versus now the uh, the computerized ways of doing it. So things are different, but uh, you know that that's the one thing is nothing's permanent, and I think if you get into something and and it's not quite what you thought it would be or what you hoped it would be, everything's gonna build on something else. I mean, there's a reason you spent some time doing job A and then switched to job B, but you'll be shocked. I mean, you know, people would be shocked how many times they refer back to something they learned. Yeah. Um, And I think it's, you know, what have you got to lose doing nothing? is The worst thing. So jump out there and give it a shot. You know, the, uh, the claims world, I look at it now, if I was trying to sell it to somebody, it's like, Hey, if if you want to make work from home, If And these are my perceptions of it. I've never talked to anybody hiring. But work from home, sort of set your own schedule to a point. Certainly, if you're having to go out and make appointments to to visit body shops or to visit somebody's damaged home or whatever, you certainly are making visiting appointments. So you're in charge of that. The pay is going to be, it's always been very competitive. I can only imagine that it still is. And if there's a shortage, it's probably gone up a little bit. Um, you know, I don't know if they do company cars anymore. That's the worst feeling in the world is handing the keys back to a a company car. (laughs) But, but, you know,
1: pay for this myself now.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oh man. And those little changes are
1: expensive. (laughs) But,
0: um, you know, it, it, having those things and if those things are interested to you, interesting to you at all, you know, give it a shot. Yeah. I don't know that you've got anything to lose. A lot of the businesses now you can work from home, I'm sure sales jobs and some other things, but uh, you know, this is one where there's a guaranteed paycheck every, you know, twice a month or whatever it is just.
1: Yeah. Uh, and, and great growth potential. I think that that's, that's something that, um, I, I mean, I've had so many guests talk about guests in claims. The, the growth potential in claims is huge. You know, there's... Yes. And, 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 you know, the
0: supervisors are working from home, The, you know, maybe if, maybe if you don't like some of the day-to-day interaction it gets on your nerves or, you know, you've taken too many recorded statements or you just kind of get tired of some of the, you know, cause let's face it, there are some that are going to try to bluff you. There are some that are going to try to embellish and do some things. And that can, that can get on your nerves pretty quickly. If you want to get past that and, and yeah, advance into the supervisory role. Uh, I know some people that have, have jumped when the various insurance companies, their catastrophe teams, uh, where they literally are based wherever they want to be based. But if, uh, you know, fires break out in this state, they go there, a tornado hits this state, they go there for a few weeks at a time and and, and just uh, get that adrenaline feel, that adrenaline rush for a period of time. And then they come back and calm down and sort of wait for the next hurricane or the next disaster that that requires tending to people in a in a fast paced getting them back on their feet kind of man
1: yeah there really is something for for everybody um you know because cat, cat, catastrophic duty might not be it might not be someone's cup of tea but it certainly is someone else's you know other people might That's not right. like that but there's so many options out there and there's so many insurance companies yes that, <laughs> and opportunities are endless <laughs>
0: And, and, and there's you know there's extra pay for that kind of stuff for the days you're gone I mean it's it certainly uh, maybe more conducive for single people than married people but hey you you build up you know you're so busy you can't spend it yeah. so <laughs> all of a sudden you look up after a six week stint somewhere because a tornado hit and you're like wow this is all right <laughs> uh, you know. so it, it's it's a good career I think and again you you learn it you're you don't be afraid to be good at something.
1: So if you, if you had to go back and do it all over again, do you think, would you do it the same, same way?
0: I think I would, uh, you know, I'm proud of the fact that I've got a law degree, even though I'm not never practiced and 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 towards the end, I knew I wasn't going to, but I, you know, I didn't quit. I didn't drop out. I didn't do anything. I went ahead and, and uh, completed that. And then, yes, I, I sort of, got into the insurance industry to get away from the legal profession. And then I've been in it ever since. So yeah, <laughs> you know, I would, I, I can't see where the things I know or think I know that I would have, I can't think of another industry where I would have done it. So yeah, I, I'm, I, I wouldn't have changed much. I may have stayed at some places longer than I did. Um, if I knew then what I know now, some I may not have gone to. I, I went through four or five before I landed, and now I've been here twenty plus years and, and seemingly found the niche. I guess I'm off probation now. I don't know. <laughs> I may have vested. I'm not sure, but uh, uh, yeah, I think I think it's it's a good. It, it was a good fit for me. It's a good. I'm too old to climb on roofs anyway, mm-hmm. or crawl under cars. So I think finding the work comp niche was a. Uh, uh, the timing of that was perfect.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm so glad that you, you st- stuck with it and I'm so glad that you, you know, came on the podcast today. Um, love talking to you. I could probably talk to you for like another hour or so. So if you want to come back on, let me know. We can, we can okay. take, I have, I, I have like seven more super thoughtful questions. We just don't have time for them. So <laughs> I was okay. like, Oh, I don't know if I have time to get into all these. So we'll just, we'll have to table it for next time.
0: <laughs> yeah. The sequel.
1: <laughs> but thank you so much for, for spending some time this, this afternoon and, you know, and chatting with me. And I, I'm so happy that, you know, after listening, you, you came on.
0: Oh, I appreciate the opportunity and, and I look forward to future ones. I, I, I really enjoy it. Even the ones that don't apply, I enjoy listening because again, learn a little bit, pick up a little nuance here or there, you know, I, I, I really enjoy, glad you're doing them.
1: Well, thank you. And I will keep doing them for, and for our, you know, listeners and viewers out there, if you like what you hear, please like, and subscribe to the defense of Arrest on Apple podcasts. And we are also on YouTube at the legal navigator.